G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing fantastic. A little bit jet lagged so after our uh, trip to Melbourne, our Extended Bench excursion over there to watch a few games of footy. Uh, I'd say you're soft then, I'm feeling fine. Oh, I'm sure you are buddy. You did sleep until 1 o'clock this afternoon though, so that's <laughs> a fair yeah, effort. That's a that's fair help. effort. It was a good trip, I'll tell you that. We are... Uh, Wandered over the MCG, home of footy, watched a, a couple of games there, went down to the Docklands as well and saw Melbourne absolutely trounce the Bulldogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, a couple of good games to watch in person, but we're going to get straight into the round that just has been because the buys are around the corner. They are, yes. And it's starting to look a little bit scary. I know we've got a little bit of a, you know, dip your toe in the water week this one. Mm-hmm. With, uh, with Only all, four teams on the buy. Only four teams and a lot of them aren't those... Fantasy footy heavy teams. Yeah, I mean, Carlton, Hawthorne, West Coast Bullies. Um, There's some key players from each. I mean, obviously, McRae, Tom Mitchell, uh, Kate Simpson, yeah, those sorts yeah, of players. Yeah. But uh, it's not like a Collingwood, um, you know, teams that just are full of players that almost everybody has. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll dive right into the first game of the round, which was Sydney Swans versus Carlton. Uh, Swans got up in the end. It was pretty predictable at the end of the day. And mm. I actually, I was saying to you before we watched this game over in Melbourne, we were in a pub having a couple of beers. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned to you that Callum Sinclair had been on a down couple of weeks. Yes, you did. And I thought that that was going to continue on. He completely proved me wrong. He spanked out 117 and he looked brilliant against Cruiser. He was very good in this game. Fantastic. With the exception of his heroic oh, uh, flop. His acting. <laughs> There was a fair bit of Oscar-worthy performances on the weekend, to be fair, and that was one of them. Um, So, great score from Cal Sinclair. Absolutely a hold in draft leagues. I mean, you probably offloaded him if you did have him in classic for a bit of cash cash flow. Yep. yep. Uh, So, I mean, if you've still got him somehow, he'll do you over the buy until his buy. If you've got him in... in in draft though, you're laughing. Exactly. Isaac Heaney's doing what he's doing. Better score from Parker. <laughs> I, I did like this with Isaac Heaney. Um, you coined the phrase to me on the Friday night of, oh, he's in the Heaney zone. Oh, the Heaney zone. Well, that was after a couple of years. And, 95 uh, <laughs> points to 100 points is the Heaney zone. 95 to 100 is the Heaney zone. He's A lot of his scores this year have just been in that five-point zone, and he hasn't had too many amazing, you know, 100 and or 100-plus games, mm. you're still pretty happy with that. Because at the end of the day, he's going to average just below 100, most likely. And yeah. that's great and for At this ball. point, if you've still got him in classic, oh, he, you're hanging on to him. He's not not going to be the top line forward that we were hoping he was, but he's good enough to finish top six. I think. Absolutely, I think so. It's going to all balance out at the end of the day. He doesn't have too many really bad games, Isaac Heaney. Parker had a better game there, which is good to see. And Franklin as well, after his poor performance last week. Yes. He'll keep keep building on that since his injury. Uh, Jake Lloyd, yeah, didn't get as much of a chance to see goal, but he's still pretty happy with that score, the 88 from him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, The the one that I really did like the look of was Jared McVeigh. He was everywhere in this game. Only scored an 80, which was... A bit down I'm on what I thought watching. Oh, yeah. God, lady, because he did look dominant. Oh, like, he, he was, was everywhere. He was incredible in the game. And I, I think, you know, old man injuries can sometimes crop up a little bit, those calf injuries. Yep. Uh, but hopefully he can t- continue this on because he'd be a really handy pickup for a lot of draft leagues uh, out there, which are a little bit shallower and uh, some people might need a, a bit of backline help. Say, do you reckon he'd be free in drafts? In a, lot of sh- in a lot of shallow leagues he would be, yeah. Oh, I don't reckon he would be. Jared McVeigh, yeah. yeah. I reckon he would have been okay. taken in most. Yeah, well, Jared McVeigh, yeah, he's. it's just a bit of a tough one because, like I say, with those injuries, it can happen from time to time. And mm, oh, you've absolutely, You've yeah. got to be really careful with that. The The other important one, not, not from a fantasy point of view himself, but for other teams, George Hewitt's turning himself into one of the better taggers in the competition. And you actually really have to worry about some of your top-line players when they're coming up against Sydney now. Uh, you know, he he did a really good job this week on Paddy Cripps, kept him to 57 points, dominated him. Um, I I just think that you really have to be a little bit worried, especially about putting the captaincy on someone who's coming up against Sydney, just like with Ben Jacobs from North Melbourne. Yeah, he has done quite a good job, Hewitt, lately. Mm. Um, to be honest, it's probably what's keeping him in the side because he's not providing a lot offensively. So. No, it's that that's his so, role yeah, in the side. That's exactly his role. He's doing a good job at the moment. Yeah, so uh, we, we might move on because there's not too many others from Sydney apart from, uh, I don't like to talk about declining players, but Dan Hanabry, 
has just, I, yeah. I don't know what's happened to Dan Hanbury. I know that he had a, a bit of an interrupted preseason, but he wasn't himself quite himself last year. I mean, he's reached some lofty heights in the past. Mm. And this year, I, I just don't know what he's doing. I The only thing I can think of is it's just the game style that they play. Yeah. <clears throat> Rough, crash, bash, year after year after year, and continually playing extra games with finals as well. Mm. It, it would ha- be having to wear them down. And maybe his body's just starting to show signs of it. So he's still it's the only thing I can think of. It must be. He's still young is the thing. I mean, I think he's around yeah. about 26 or something. So, yeah. But that's the, the only thing I can think of, unless he's carrying something that they haven't made public. He did have a bit of a bit of time out with an injury. I can't he did, yeah. He's, a, he's only played the seven rounds this year. Um, and uh, he's averaging just under 62 for the year. Mm. So that's, that's not, not great. great from Dan um, Nick Newman came back in. Mm. Yeah, good to um, see. And he didn't score. 11 touches, <laughs> one mark, three tackles. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he goes out again this week. I, I think there's a chance that he might go out. But then again, the other one uh, could be the uh, debutant from last week, Riley Stoddart. Didn't do quite as much and didn't get a goal like last week, so I think he'll probably be the first one out back to the uh, the knee apple. Uh, on the Carlton side of the ledger, there was only one player to break the 100, which was Sam Kerridge, who mm-hmm. has been doing all right, actually, if you've been keeping an eye on his scores. Yeah, his scores have actually been pretty good. He... Yeah. Um, is just one of those sort of, I don't know, I, I call them depth guys for draft leagues. Oh, they're not the top liners, but they're usually not left on the waivers for too long. They, they're they good to sort of pad out your teams, and they score pretty good uh, pretty good scores every now and again. Yeah. Um, and Kerridge is doing well with the, the lack of other established mids that mm. are really uh, kicking him out of the side. Now, you're an Ed Kernow owner. I am. Uh, are you happy with a 98 from him? Yeah, yep, you're okay with a 98? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, Sydney are a tough team to score against. They are. And it's... Uh, I think sometimes I, I get a little bit over-enthusiastic about what I think a player is going to score if I've forked out a lot of cash for them. Mm-hmm. And Kerno, I think, what's he worth now? Just over 780k or something along those lines? Or oh, maybe just under? Sure. So Ed Kernow is worth... He's still averaging uh, a really good amount. I mean... 770k. 770k. You, you probably hope for just a bit more when you're paying that amount. But still, I mean, it's, oh, a, yeah, it's like, a solid effort. For a bad game, a 98 is not terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I would be expecting more from him most games. But the odd almost ton thrown in every now and again, I'm okay with. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Cade Simpson, 83... We were watching the game. Cade Simpson's first average game. 83 points. That's okay, mate. If you put in an average game and you get 83 points, I'm happy with that. It's when you go from 120, which is brilliant, down to 55 or 60, which is just annoying as hell. (laughs) But yeah, average game. Um, I want the 120s, but if you're going to have a bad game, put in an 85 or something like this, mate. We're we're happy with that. Absolutely. Very much so. Um, Jacob Wiedering came into the side this week. 71 from him, not too bad. Yes, yes. Um, Seems to be... Well, hopefully he's playing more of a defensive role again. That is his his Uh, job. It's his natural role. So I I don't like him up forward too much because he's not what he was recruited to do. Yeah, it's it's just not the uh, doesn't look comfortable role he plays. Uh, speaking of Paddy Cripps, we mentioned him before, tagged by George Hewitt. We've noticed a couple of poorer scores from him in the past three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, dotted in there. It, it, do you think this is going to be a, a recurring thing with Paddy Cripps? Because especially with Murphy out at the moment... Well, their midfield, pretty much if you stop Cripps, you've stopped. Could stop Colton. Stop yeah. Colton. Not that they're the most threatening team at the best of times. But, <laughs> um, yeah, really the only person that you really need to worry about stopping is Cripps in that midfield. Exactly. And if you can stop Cade Simpson off halfback as well, they don't really have a lot of other avenues yeah. to move the ball. Losing so. Sam Doherty at the start of the year was just a massive hit. I mean, he yeah. is such a prime mover for them and, a, and an accumulator as well. Um, might move on from that game, but just a, a quick heads up again that Carlton do have the bye this week. So bear that in mind with your draft leagues and classic as well. Make sure that they're on the bench for you if you can. Yep. Uh, next game was the... <laughs> The demolition, demons destroyed cool. the Bulldogs. Wow, uh, this was um, it was impressive to watch Melbourne at work. It really was. I mean, just being at the ground as well, seeing how they set up, looking at the movement of the players, the flow of them th- uh, through traffic as well. I mean, they run for each other so well, Melbourne, at the moment. Um, and, geez, two massive scorers at the top, <laughs> the, two of their biggest players as well, Gorn and McDonald. I mean, yeah. Gorn is just... 
the best ruckman this year for fantasy. That's that's a fact. I'm just going to go back. Slowly. Well, actually, sorry, I think uh, um, the the best one of the best two ruckmen, Gorn and Grundy. They're, yeah, they're, no, I'm just going to go back to you said two of the, the biggest players. Did you just throw a pun in there? No, I don't think I did. Gordon did McDonald. I? Yeah, they'd have to be two of their biggest players. That's what I I did, I, I did mean that, but I didn't act. Uh, I. All right, I, we'll I move on. I was referring 100% to height and not to actually their best players on the ground, yeah. <laughs> if that's the way you took it there, mate. Um, yeah, no, Gordon and McDonald, they were absolutely terrific. McDonald's actually been very good since coming back from injury. I mean, he's averaging mm. well over 95 now with that big score. He's having a, a great year. Um, now, with, <clears throat> we've got to talk about Lever, I guess, yeah, going down injured. Yeah. Um, there is... One of the options people are talking about is McDonald going back. Personally, I don't think they'll do that. He's far too valuable to them up front. Mm-hmm. And um, off the wing as well. So yeah, he's kind of saving time on the wing. wing. Mm. Um, so I think we can probably con- continue to see him playing this forward, forward role. I wouldn't worry too much about him yeah. going down back. I, I don't think he'll be played as a full-time back. And besides, Jake Lever wasn't played as a lockdown key, uh, key defender mm-hmm. anyway. He was played as almost <laughs> a third Marking intercepting type. Tom which McDonald can intercept mark. Oh, of course. He's absolutely. Done it in the past. Absolutely. But um, they do have other players in the VFL that can do that as well. Yeah. They, they could be bought in for that role. Um, and speaking of intercept marks, I mean, not from a fantasy point of view, but Neville Jetta was everywhere in this game. He, oh, he, he had 100 this really week. impressed me. He, he nothing was, got past him. He was best on ground for me. He was best on ground. And there was a lot of really good players. I know that Tom McDonald got the coach's vote, so Neville mm-hmm. Jetta was... So it was Tom McDonald with nine, Jetta with eight. Jetta was just ahead of him He for me. was amazing, yeah. It was, it was brilliant. Uh, the big one for fantasy, though, Angus Brayshaw. I mean, oh. the right call for people who bought him in last week. He was... Brilliant with 133. 39 touches, 8 marks, 1 tackle and a goal, 133 points. Just the stat line, it's so consistent. He does everything at the moment now that he's playing that midfield Yeah, well, one tackle. Yeah. Only one tackle. Oh, sorry, no, I didn't see that. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, he was actually, when we saw him setting up, he's playing on the wing mostly. He's bare out the back or off the side. Wing and a little bit in the centre as well, but um, he looks like he's really cemented that midfield spot now, so... Obviously, he's not going to be going at this sort of rate for the rest of the year, yeah. but you can expect pretty decent scores from him. Oh, I can. Ex- I would expect him, if he's still playing in a midfield role, he's going to average 100 at the end of the year. There's yeah, no I problem agree. about that. I agree which, with that. Which makes him one of the best defenders, so you need to get him into your side. And he, while he's gone up a lot in price this week, uh, he was just below 600k last yeah, week. he's 655,000. His break-even is <clears> only 39, and he plays Collingwood this you week. Need so to, you need to get you him You need in. to jump on board this week if you can... Make it happen. Yeah. Uh, there's some really high scores in there for the rest of the Melbourne team as well. Bailey Fritch, I, the best of the Baileys. Yeah, I think he's the standalone leader at the moment, Bailey Fritch. It's amazing. I, I like his role too. So it, it was good to actually watch him play. He mm-hmm. sort of gets under the radar a little bit. I didn't really notice him too much. But when I did, he was leading up the wings, taking marks in defence on the wings playing that lead-up role, so I, I really like the role that he's playing at the yeah. moment. Jesse Hogan was terrific. Neil Bullen again. He's a uh, another depth player, kind of like Bailey Fritch. He's just getting under the radar and he racks up the ball. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Oliver was terrific. I mean, even Michael Hibbert with an 85, that's a little bit better from him. Now, Hibbert is one that I think might benefit from Lever going down. I 100% think that that's going to happen. If they bring in a Sam Frost or someone like that to play the lockdown role, then Hibbert gets... Um, released to play the, the lever role. Agreed. Can you check for me, when do Melbourne have their buy? Is that round 12 or round 13? Because if they have the buy round 13, it would be perfect. It gives us two weeks to monitor what Hibbard's role is. Uh, round 13. So you've got this round and then they miss next round. Uh, We're uh, in round 12 now. Are we really? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, so, wow, that's... Uh, yeah, it only gives us one week, really, before you would want to bring him in off the bye. Um, I mean, maybe you can wait for the week after that as well, but just give it a game or two just to see what his role is without Lever in the side is my point because yeah. he's cheap. Uh, I mean, he's been underperforming all year, but if he can get that position back he had last year, yeah, that would be amazing for his scoring. Fingers crossed for him. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um Anyone else that you want to talk about? Because, I mean, the rest of the guys, they all had pretty yeah, decent scores. Yeah, it's pretty much just draft-relevant guys from here on out. You're happy with Christian Petrarca's 79 as a forward in draft yeah. leagues. I mean, obviously, you should have gotten rid of him a long time ago in uh, uh, Classic. 
Uh, Tim Smith, only 46 this week. That was pro- a down for a lot of coaches. I did see him. Um, he looked quite sore a lot of the time, uh, ankle or something. I think he rolled it earlier in the, early in the oh. game and was a little bit hobbled by it. So he played out the game, but mm. I think he was under a little bit of yeah, duress. There was an ankle in like the second quarter, and he also got smashed in the back in the midway through the first. He, he took a beating. Yeah. Um, which might mean he could be a bit sore going into next week. So watch this space. Hopefully he, uh, he gets up and plays for those coaches that brought him in. Um, and Spargo yeah, is down game from him, but he's averaging 61 break, even at 47, 335k. You keep him in this week because he's playing Collingwood, but I think his time to go is getting very close. Just after the bye, basically. He's one of those players where when it's his bye week, you can just get rid of him and be happy yep. with that. That's that's a, a good choice. Now, over for the Bulldogs, Lockie Hunter and McRae and Bontepelli. Basically, that's the Bulldogs team at the moment. Yeah. I mean, their three midfielders are performing pretty well, pretty consistently most weeks, and then the rest of it falls away from there. And Toby McLean, McLean. Toby McLean as well, actually. Sorry, McLean I, as well. Yeah, McLean has been terrific all year. It's, and we say a down score, slightly down score of 89. He's still pretty happy with that as a forward. Oh, absolutely you are, yeah. Yes. Um, so those four were all good on the Still the number one forward for the year. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely number one going ahead. Uh, Bailey Williams. Number two Bailey. Number two Bailey. Yeah, I think I can... I'll definitely agree with you number on that. Number two Bailey, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just gets the job done without <laughs> drawing too much attention. Yeah, he's uh, he is getting it done week after week, and particularly because the Bulldogs are struggling a bit this year. It is in their back line a fair bit, and they like the ball in his hands get, um, when they're exiting but the back 50. Not a classic guy, and you'd think that he's well gone in drafts, so we'll move on. 100%. Uh, anyone else there that you actually want to talk about from the Bulldogs because they don't bat too deep in terms of fantasy. Not really. Um, There's a, a lot of deep draft relevant guys that are de- really downside. Bad news for uh, Tory Dixon as well. I think I, I read yes. somewhere that he's out for two months with a hamstring. Uh, yeah, six to eight weeks. Mm. Um, same hamstring that he did earlier in the year, so they're going to play really careful with him. So it's unfortunate. He'll be out for a little while. Um, I wouldn't think he's even a draft type guy, but you no. never know. He might open up a spot for a Wallace or a Dunkley to come back in who are draft-relevant yeah. players. If they're going to go small, I mean, it could even open up a spot for someone like Tommy Campbell to come back in, play more of a rock role so that either Boyd or Roughhead could move more into a forward no, no, role. No, 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 no. It's the Bulldogs we're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't make obvious choices. <laughs> if they're up for a rock, they're playing Dunkley. That's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Dunkley. Uh, um, the Bulldogs version of Greek. Good, <laughs> yeah. good stuff. Um, I don't think there's anyone else I really want to talk no, about. Now, we'll move over onto the Hawthorne and Port Adelaide game. I mean, this was one of the best games of the round, to be honest. Uh, having, just checking up on the scores, it was. I, I honestly thought the power would get up comfortably, uh, but it is Launceston, and mm-hmm. that is where the Hawks seem to. It's Tasmania. Yeah, somehow win. Uh, foreign teams just can't get up in Tasmania. So yeah, they just. I mean, the foreign teams. They're foreign teams. <laughs> they're, they're not foreign. They're just <laughs> travelling teams. Oh, well, to be fair, Hawthorne's a travelling team as well. No, 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 no. Hawthorne is, is sponsored by the state of Tasmania. That is a good point. <laughs> they're not a travelling team. I always forget that. Um, Tommy Mitchell. I mean, he, huge. He he's definitely back to being perma captain. The real downside for this was the fact that at half time he bought up the ton. So <laughs> yes. he was on track for a massive ton. And I'm not even going to wait to get to it when we start referencing the power because they're linked in. Bloody Ken Hinckley decided to send Tom Rockliffe as a hard tag to Tom Mitchell. Now, I know that I've seen a lot of hatred over, uh, you know, over Facebook, over Twitter, um, directed at a lot of fantasy uh, footy, you know, legends in the community, uh, uh, other podcasters out there, and... All of them, <laughs> not us, because oh, we abs- don't have a following. Oh, so. absolutely not us. Absolutely not us. But <laughs> nobody knows us to get angry with us. <laughs> it's a, the good side of being uh, being unknown, mate. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone was suggesting to get Tom Rockliffe. If you could have done it last week, most coaches would have. Yeah, I mean, you did. I was going to, but then wasn't able to because of um, you had a backline. Yeah, you had a, a, a massive backline carnage in your team. Yeah, so I wasn't able to, but I was planning to. Yeah. And I think we both agree it was the smart move to do. It just, it's one of those things that happens in fantasy, out of our control. There's nothing, happens. nothing we can do about it. And you shouldn't go hurling insults at people who are basically just trying to help you out. I yeah. mean, and particularly when it's directed at the player themselves. I mean, the player doesn't choose to play that role. And they I do mean, their job. Yeah, I mean, you and should, they will come good. Yeah, you shouldn't abuse the coach either. But still, I, it's just. Just in terms of the game style, do you have any worries about Tom Rockliffe going forward? If Ken Hinckley's deciding to throw up oh. random position changes like that, 
because he was playing a great midfield role just before mm-hmm. his bye. He's, uh, I mean, he was doing terrific. He was playing up forward prior to that, and then now he's gone to sort of a tagging role after half time. I think, I think what people are, are having are going to have to realise is fantasy footy this year and possibly for the next couple of years to go. It's changed a little bit from the last few years. The constants aren't there. Yeah. The consistent high scoring from some of, from some of the elite Uber premiums uh-huh. has dried up. There is a lot more inconsistency across the board for pretty much every player. Even Tom um, Tommy Tom Mitchell. Tom Mitchell. He had a down. down He's had catch. a couple of down games. He that didn't happen last year. Yeah, and, and it, I, I completely agree, mate. So yeah. I, I think you're not going to get anyone that is going to be consistently top line the entire year. Everyone is going to go through inconsistent patches mm-hmm. because that's just how the game is being played this year. Yeah, and there, there's positional changes, there's role changes, there's tags have come back into the game. There's all sorts of stuff. So the uh, the yeah. upside with Rocky, though, at least, is that he is a forward. So while the score that he got forty three is absolutely nowhere near enough, you know, even if he's throwing in some nineties or something like that, he doesn't need to average you 110, 120. If he's averaging you ninety five to one hundred, somewhere around there, which he can absolutely do. Yeah, I agree. Then, uh, then you're laughing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we'll talk briefly on him when we actually get to the power, but um, to an to an extent, yeah. I feel like we'll just we've do come, it now. We've come. Uh, basically, if you got him in last week, you're not moving him on because he will come good. Yeah. Um, if you didn't have him in last week, um, there, then it, I think I, you can probably hold off getting him this week. See what his role is. See what his role is. His break even is probably going to be fairly high. I'm just trying to find it now. Um, he lost uh, 6,000k uh, last week, basically. Everyone thought he compl- he was uh, the lowest he could possibly get. Like, this is cheap, cheap. And he's lost another 6k, which yeah, is... So, it's, he's 539,000. His break-even is 90. He's playing Richmond. So, it's very... It's achievable, but you wouldn't think he's going to smash it. So, he's probably going to stay around the same price, if not lose a little bit. Yeah. So, if you didn't get him in last week... You can hold off for a week and just see what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed that Kingley doesn't send him to tag Martin at some stage during the game. That would just be absolutely devastating. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, from For the other Hawthorne players, um, uh, James Sicily, obviously one of the biggest players in Classic at the moment. Uh, 90, good enough score from him. Pretty mm-hmm. happy with that as a defender. Yep. Uh, Burton did a little bit better this week, which He's was really back. good to see. Yeah. Hey, oh. I won't say he's back. He's doing better. He got 92 last week. He did. 93 this week. Mm-hmm. They've got the bye this round, mm-hmm. so let's see what happens when he comes back. But um, there might be... He might have turned the corner. He is playing a little bit more fantasy-friendly role at the moment. I have seen him off halfback a little bit more, which is where he was actually making his points last year. He's not a small forward Clarko. Keep playing him in the back line. <laughs> That's what us fantasy coaches want to see. Yeah. Um, purely draft related though. Oh, absolutely. Stage. He's not a uh, he's not a classic player unless he starts pumping. If he goes on another uh, a ninety next week or even a hundred or something like that, he will be very cheap. Maybe oh, yeah. you could look at a sideways trade in a classic, but wait till after the buy at the very least. Um, anyone else you want to talk about from Hawthorne? I mean, one that we've mentioned a, a lot in the past few weeks is Luke Bruce, and he is being affected majorly by Paul Puwapolo being back in the side mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I think we can probably almost. Draw a line there, 100%. As always, a lot of their guys are more draft-related. Mm. Uh, McAvoy, good. Burgoyne, good. Yeah, good. Some um, yeah. some pretty decent scores from a lot of their yeah, players. Yeah, nothing too much to talk about. Move on to Port, and no one actually cracked a ton for Port. This was a really mm. low fantasy scoring game, to be honest. Uh, Justin Westhoff looked like he was set for a massive score. He was almost uh, keeping touch with Tom Mitchell there at one stage, <laughs> and then just tapered off for a 96. Uh, and then Paddy Ryder was the next best scorer with 80, so... No one else even over 80. Yeah, so I don't really know if we've got too many guys to talk about. No, the only one I do want to bring up, because we've talked about Tom Rockliffe a fair bit, is uh, Robbie Gray. Yes. Now, I think that we can safely say that we and a lot of other fantasy coaches around Australia were right in thinking that he is playing a full forward role, essentially. I saw a uh, tweet from uh, Fantasy Freako who said that his forward midfield uh, um, uh, percentages, yep. 94% forward, 6% Ooh. midfield. Yeah, That is ridiculous. So, so don't aim at bringing Gray in no, the side. 629,000. His break-even is 137. He's owned by 28% of teams. Um, you just, people may be stuck with him because it's the buy rounds. They've got other stuff to that's do. The thing. And because he's a port player, he's going to play every single buy round. But 
If you're able to move him for someone, I reckon do it. Yeah? You reckon 137 is his break-even. He's not going to be making that. He's going to be losing your cash. You would have paid to bring him in. You would have been planning to play him throughout the buy rounds, but he's just not going to be putting up the scores that you're after. The, the, The really bad thing is that, I mean, you made the point earlier, and I completely agree with you. I have no idea what's going on with the landscape at a lot of clubs in terms of the roles players are playing from week to week. And next week could be the week that Hinkley switches Robbie back into the fo- into midfield. Well, maybe and he turns Rockcliffe into a tagger because he, he kept um, Titchell pretty well held for the second half. So maybe that's his role and Robbie goes back into the midfield. Maybe. I have we absolutely know. no idea. And, you know, you could trade out Robbie Gray this week and he could go out and smash a 100 like he was in the midfield earlier in the year. It's such a, a volatile landscape out there at the moment. Mm. But um, for mine, my advice would be to hold on to Gray through the buy rounds. I know he's going to lose you a bit of money. He's going to lose you a lot of money. But he's going to be making you... He's going to be getting you points as well. It it really... Oh, jeez. But at the rate he's going, he's not going to be getting you a lot of points. It's going to be an extra 70 points a game at the moment. If he keeps going the way he is, 65 to 70 points a game. Is, and you've got to weigh that up. If that's the low side of it, is that enough to get you what you want? So is that going to win you games in your league, that extra 65 to 70 point bump? What I said initially, if you can move him on, mm. do it. If you can't, then you play him, obviously. Yeah. What might be the option is you play him this round. Um, he's not going to make his break even, so he's going to yeah. lose a lot of money this round. But then at least the first round of the buys is over, and then maybe you can switch him out for someone that has already had their buy. Yeah, I like it. That's actually a good plan. All right, we'll move on to the next game, which was another smashing, actually. Geelong, uh, Gold Coast, 121 to 36, just stomped them in the end. And mm. the, the big scorers were all at it again for Geelong, really. Uh, Joel Selwood, 136, was massive. Uh, Menegola, another big score from him. Yep. Gaz bounced back, which is good to see. Tommy Stewart's still up there? Tommy, Tommy Stewart is doing very, very well this year. He's a great draft picker. Uh, yep. Gary Ablett, though, is an interesting one to keep an eye on because he is cheap as chips at the moment. Um, if you don't mind checking his break-even for me because mm-hmm. uh, he must be getting close to that. He might be an interesting player to bring in after his buy round, Gary Ablett, um, if he can keep up a little bit of scoring. 678,000. His break-even is 112. He's playing north. He's playing north, so... North have been reasonably good at holding teams. Mm. So maybe leave it, see how he goes this week against North, and if he puts up another big score, look at getting him in after the bye. Because he's... I mean, if you can get Gary Ablett in his high-scoring element uh, for under 700k, that is ridiculous. Mm. That is an absolute bargain. Uh, Mitch Duncan, 102. he He was really good in this game, actually. He didn't put up a massive fantasy score. But he was clear best on ground. Coaches actually gave him 10 points um, or 10 votes in this round. Um, and Tim Kelly bounced back, which hurts so many coaches. Yeah. He's still owned by 35% of teams. He is, so but a lot of he... people, I think, would have planned to move him, but like myself, mm. were unable to because of other stuff that came up. See, that's 35%. That's this week. I have the odd feeling Tim Kelly was one of the highest owned players in the competition and might have been close to almost 55 to 60% last week. Like, yeah, quite it, possible. There was a mass exodus last week of Tim Kelly. Quite possible. Um, yeah, break-even is 71. Um Against North again, averaging so seventy eight. So he can do that. So you keep him until the buy. Now he's re- he's sort of he's, he's almost reset his break even. Yeah, and he'll make seventy one. I I guarantee that he'll make seventy one on the back of this game. Guaranteed. Eh? Guaranteed. It's a <laughs> what, will you, what will you give our listeners if he doesn't make it? I I, I and a public apology. I, I'm not, <laughs> sure, I'll give you a public apology if he doesn't make seventy one. You can remember <laughs> that for next week, mate. Um, Paddy Dangerfield uh, didn't quite public reach his apology. Oh, don't if. write it down. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's actually writing it down. If Tim Kelly doesn't reach 71. All right, Paddy Dangerfield was the one that interested me. You know that I, I was uh, very keen on getting him in last week. Um, I couldn't quite bring him into my side. Uh, he's still under 700K because he didn't quite reach his break-even of 99. But his break-even is lower than that now. And if you want to bring him in, you can comfortably wait until after his buy because he's not going to be too much more expensive after that. Cool. Uh, unfortunately, uh, and I, we don't even have to really talk about the PR, um, uh, DPP changes, uh, Paddy Dangerfield wasn't eligible for forward status. No. And there really wasn't any fantasy-relevant changes to, uh, to DPP at all. So no, dual there position. are a couple that might help with the buys just to swing players around different positions, so that's bad. Yeah, but, um, I mean, Guelphie getting midfield status would be a little bit handy for some coaches, but <laughs> uh, 
I mean, really, there's not too much. I mean, Noons maybe might be worth a little bit of a look at. Uh, his stats in draft leagues, if he's eligible for the... Uh, yeah, but I mean, you're playing him as... What did he get? He got forward status? And he was a midfielder, yeah. is that right? Yeah, I believe so. <clears throat> yeah, possibly useful there. Yeah. But other than that, not really. I th- I, now that I think about it, Ultimate Footy actually has Jack Noons as a defender, I'm pretty he's sure. Already, he's already a defender. So there, there's no point in looking at him there. Now, there really wasn't anyone who got DPP that interests me at all. Um, anyone else you want to talk about from Geelong there, mate? Not really. The big guys all did well. Yep. Everyone else kind of didn't. It's uh, it's uh, what we expect most weeks from uh, from Geelong. I'll just uh, very quickly check Lockie Fogarty, see what he's going at, because if people have him, he might need to go. I mean, he's been out for a couple of weeks here and there. I'd say most people have gotten rid of him. Uh, you think so, yeah. But yeah, so I, I would suggest that Lockie Fogarty just, if you've got him in your side, just hold him till the bye because it was a pretty good week this week. Uh, yeah, no one's got him anymore. He's gone. Now, nah. uh, so for the Suns, there was no one to crack the ton. Took Miller got close with 99. David Swallow, 96. Good draft guy. Nick Holman <laughs> continues to be consistent after, after everyone him. dropped him, which was annoying. Uh, Interesting one here is Ben Ainsworth, actually. I mean, mm. uh, friend of the podcast, Brody, actually gloated a little bit about bringing <clears> him in because he was dirt cheap last week. I believe he was about 408000 uh, He's gone up a little bit from there, close to four hundred and fifty now, uh, with a low break even. He is scoring pretty consistently, somewhere around about what he did this week, which is 84. Um, so if he can actually come in reaches break-even, make you some money across the buy rounds because he's going to play every single round and then you look to offload him after that. That's that's a pretty decent idea. Yeah, he's 441k. Break-even is 34, playing GWS this week. So uh, that's probably doable. Um, it's uh, He's playing a really good midfield role at the moment, which is, uh, which is great for fantasy. And um, mm. yeah, I mean, like I say, he's going to be making you those points every week. He's going to be making you some cash and then you just offload him straight after the buys. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I'm looking at doing that for Billings because he's outscoring <laughs> Billings comfortably at the moment. Uh, and I make 50k from it. So it's yeah, a win. It's a win-win. But also sad because Billings only makes me 50k. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rest of Gold Coast, I mean, they, they just weren't up to the task this week against Geelong. You can't really gauge sometimes fantasy scores from games like this because it's just such a smashing. No, no. I mean, Aaron um, Hall got injured as well, which yeah, was so he's going to go for scan still. It hasn't been revealed how long he's out for. If you've got him in... But I think it was a um, shoulder, dislocated shoulder or something uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, it was either a shoulder or like a collarbone or something like that. Yeah, so you'd think if he... If you've got him in classic... Um, you need to get rid of him. You need to get rid of him Absolutely. because he's not having a great year. And also, if you, you bought him in thinking that he's going to make you some money because he was really cheap and he was getting some hundreds in a row. He's just scored a 36, so that's not going to be money generating. You need to get no. rid of him this week. No, need to move him on. Um, Aaron Young, probably not really even of interest for draft, but he's yeah. out for a little while. And Stephen May apparently is out for a bit as well with yeah. a uh, ankle injury. So Jeez, It was a huge round for injuries this round, wasn't it? <clears> I mean, it was ridiculous. a lot of yeah. big names. Unfortunate. A lot of names. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the next game, which was dream time of the G. We got we were lucky enough to go see this in person, which was absolutely fantastic to see the... Uh, <laughs> uh, just to be a part of the atmosphere. I mean, it, it's terrific over there for <clears> some of those big games. It's a decent atmosphere. Um, Geez, not much of a contest. Oh, though. not a contest at all. I mean, <laughs> that Tigers zone though—that was amazing. It was—it was really cool to see how the Tigers work. I mean, you know, we look at them on TV. You can't quite see how they've set up behind the ball as well, and they just—they no, no one is ever free against them. Yeah, they know what they're doing every single time, and they just get into the same spots every single time. They cover for each other. Even as well. handing players over, like when they're switching between who's covering who, oh. like they're not even. Like talking to each other, they're just running, and yeah. someone else is covering for them. It yeah. was really impressive to see. Yeah, I mean, very well coached. I mean, that's that's pretty clear to see after watching mm. them in this game. Uh, but again, they've absolutely smashed them, and still no massive, massive fantasy scores there. Shane, Shane Edwards, one hundred and eleven, and he was clearly the most dominant guy on absolutely the field. Absolutely best on ground, um, and he. Uh, I mean, Shane Edwards is a player who does get up for big games. He's only yeah. aver- before this he was only averaging, uh, I think it's just over sixty for the uh, <coughs> for the year. So you know, to come out and pump one hundred and eleven, he does this in big games every once in a while. In- Indigenous round, obviously, very special to him. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I don't be counting on that every week from Shane Edwards. Mm-hmm. Reese Conker. I mean, this he is a- played pretty well. He, um, he did play well. 
from a draft perspective, he's fairly he's looking fairly good this year. But you would suspect that he's not available in any anymore. I, w- I would assume so after a couple of decent scores. Uh, Jaden Short went all right as well, but he's another up and down player. And those were the only three Tigers to actually crack the ton in this mm. massive win. I mean, Dusty was better for ninety three. Uh, mm. He's yep. still owned by almost forty percent of the competition in uh, yeah, classic. Think- yeah, You're just stuck with him at the moment. I mean, especially much. in the buy stuff to worry about. Yeah, I mean, just keep an eye on him for his buy round. If he's pumped out a couple of big scores before that, maybe you can hold him. But if he's, I mean, he's not I a bad. He might be around fourteen by from memory. Yeah, he's not a bad sideways <laughs> trade uh, in his buy round, Dusty Martin. Um, yeah, and then you know Sean Grigg, eighty nine. Ellis has had two scores in the eighty since he came back. Yes, um, so maybe. One to keep an eye on. Yeah, watch list at this stage. Yeah, one to keep an eye on. He's under 500k in Classic. Uh, if he can bring that up to closer to 90, mm-hmm. I'd be interested if he can consistently do that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Josh Caddy had four goals and only scored 84 points. this week. It just won the great night for fantasy for Richmond. Not really, no. Um, my, the only one I want to quickly mention from a draft perspective as well was Kane Lambert. I just um, couldn't get near it, could he? No. No, we actually had um, some Richmond fans sitting behind us who were bemoaning the fact that everything he touched just completely fell apart <laughs> on that <laughs> night. Just nothing worked for him. It was brilliant. Um, uh, and Jack Higgins as well, uh, he's doing fine to um, keep in your side until uh, he hits the bye. So he's still making a teeny bit of money and he's not doing awfully, so just keep him in there until after the bye. Uh, the big one, uh, the biggest uh, score for the night was Devin Smith on the Essendon side of things, in a smashing. I mean, he was everywhere. Good stat line with, uh, you know, 19 marks, 7 handball. Oh, 19 marks. Sorry, 19 kicks, 7 handballs. So the ratio there was brilliant. (laughs) Yes. Um, Only 9 marks. Yeah, only only 9 marks. He's 19, would be good. Um, Only 9 marks. 6 tackles, though. Had a goal in there as well. I mean, he's just doing everything. 129 points. Yep. Uh, Definitely a top 6 forward for me. Agreed. Um, Tommy Bell Chambers was surprisingly good as well, yeah. uh, but eh, but not really worth talking about. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, Nankervis does give up a few hitouts now and then to some of the taller Ruckman, and thirty nine mm-hmm. was evident to that. Uh, Zach Merritt was better with one hundred and two. He was better, yes. Yeah, good to see from him. Um, um, kind of dips off from there, to be honest. Yeah, <clears throat> Stringer on ninety three is a trap. Don't even look at it. No, don't don't ride the Stringer coaster. No, nobody should be a part of the Stringer coaster. No. Um, Zaharakis um, had collarbone? a that was the collarbone yeah, actually. The collarbone. Sorry, yeah. So um, Aaron, it was Aaron Hall did his shoulder. That was it. Yeah. Zaharakis did his collarbone. So yeah. so he's going to be out for an extended period. Six weeks is what Six I thought. weeks. So. Which is un- really unfortunate because he was on a tear. Yeah, we talked about him last week. He was uh, playing absolutely terrifically. And I re- remember at one stage in the game, I was thinking, oh, he must be being tagged by someone because I haven't you seen him. You actually asked me. You were like, yeah. I haven't seen Zaharakis much. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see his sort of bald head just like bobbing around in amongst the packs, but he was off from very early in the game, unfortunately. He was, yes. Um, another one to quickly mention was jo- Jordan Ridley. I mean, he's just not scoring high enough. It's really... No. He's somehow just meeting his break-even, but he's only making you 5K or so every week. He needs to spank out another, you know, uh, another 60 or 70 score to sort of reset this break-even at the moment. Yeah, his break-even's already up to 25. Mm. Um, He is playing Brisbane this week. So you 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 might be able to get some scores there, but Brisbane have actually not been the easy bits that they have the last few years. No. But there's um there's bigger problems with the buys and he's playing this week exactly. at least. So you don't so, worry about twenty five is achievable, so yeah. don't stress about him for this. See week. what he can do. Uh, we might move on to the next game unless there's anyone else from Essendon you can see that you're keen to uh, have a chat about. Uh, not particularly. No, uh, my boy Guelphie uh, is uh, oh, is doing very well. Is he your illegitimate love child or something? I because <laughs> watching this game, every second sentence out of your mouth was Good job, Guelphie. Uh, he was so good. Every time he even went near the ball. He's just... Con- I don't have any consistency in my fantasy team this year. He's like the and only guy you were watching the entire game. Well, he pretty much was. I mean, it's depressing to watch Dusty because he might be scoring better than Guelphie, but it's not that much better. Oh, it was... It was almost embarrassing, to be honest. Well, you could have... The you amount could, of Guelphie love you had going on. You could deal with it, mate. Unfortunately, you could deal with it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was, uh, geez, almost a come-from-behind win to the Saints at the end. I mean, they 
really came home with a with a strong breeze, but West Coast just held them off 101 to 88. Uh, mm-hmm. Highest scorer was Josh Kennedy, and big reason for that probably is Jack Darling going down with that injury. Yes. We don't know the extent of the injury yet? No, no. I haven't actually seen anything today, which is really worrying me. Normally, it's... Yeah. Normally, there'd be something. There, there would be something out there. But uh, I haven't actually heard anything as of yet about jo- Jack Darling's injury. Mm-hmm. It does make things very interesting if he is out for a while for Josh Kennedy scoring because he would be available in a fair amount of draft leagues, Josh Kennedy. He's been very poor since coming back from his injury, at least, has, yeah. at least fantasy-wise. He's been scoring quite consistently um, uh, just from a footy perspective. But if he can keep scoring, you know, he... Against those poorer teams, he does score massive bags, and he hasn't done it with Darling yeah. in the team. Um, yeah, he could be back to some decent form. He's actually owned by 86% of teams that's in it, Ultimate Footy still. That's really interesting. See, it must be name value. <clears throat> there must just yeah. be a bit of name value there with Josh Kennedy. Because he hasn't actually had really any startable games. Oh, no, he's been quite poor. I mean, keeper leagues are the only one I could sort of let someone off with for that because you, you sort of do hold on to players for a little bit longer. Yeah, he's dirty, though. You wouldn't. Mm. Nah, it's it's just an interesting thought. Uh, Shannon Hurd, another good game from him. Yes. He's, I mean, he is proven to be one of the better and more consistent defenders this year somehow. Which is odd, but um, yeah, he is. <laughs> Andrew Gaff, another good score from him, 102. A little bit down, but he's still going at a really good average this year. Um, just over 110, you'd be bloody happy with that. Uh, it's similar to what I said about Kerno earlier. If you've got him, you're happy with this score. Mm. It's not the, like, the uber score that you're after, but... But definitely nothing to be upset about. It's, a, so. it's always good to see either just on a hundred or like a ninety-eight or a ninety-nine there, because you know, like if that's your just, basement, then just having that ton as a basement, you're very, very you're happy. If that's your basement, um, and uh, Elliot Yo as well was actually tagged by Hunter Clark and still scored an eighty-six. Mm, okay, so uh, that is a really, really good effort by Elliot Yo as well. So because eighty-six on the downside, you're happy with that as a defender if that's your lower yeah. your basement score. Absolutely. Um, so that's a pretty decent effort by him. Um, and then, yeah, the only other one is because uh, West Coast do have their buy this week, start looking to offload some of those players. The biggest ones are Willie Rioli and Jake Waterman. If you've still got them in your sides, perfect chance to get rid of them. Yeah, absolutely, because they're maxed out. 100%. Uh, so we might move on to the Saints. Yes. Uh, a couple of good scorers from them. Uh, Jack Sinclair was great, but, I mean, he we, does this once every year. We've spoken a about months. this Previously, his um, his ceiling's pretty good. Mm. Uh, not a classic guy, draft guy only. Ceiling very good, uh, but in, way too inconsistent yep. um, to be anything more than really a streaming option off the waiver one. Agreed. At this stage, uh, and Tim Membry, I mean, also inconsistent. I mean, this is a really good game, and he got rid of his yips, kicked six straight. But hopefully, for the Saints' sake, yeah, he can. Keep down this road now. It would be good to see uh, because they do need someone who can actually kick straight. And he is a good player. He just needs to... Yeah, he's a very good player. Needs confidence back, I think. Um, Jack Noons was very good, but prior to this game, he's averaging 66 points for the year. Not enough to get in anyone's side. The big Mm -hmm. one for me is Logan Austin. Yes. That's two hundreds in a row. Two big hundreds. Yes, this one's very interesting. You've got to get him in your side. I mean, he's expensive at the moment. He's 290k. And he does have his buy coming up, I know. But after after this week, he's going to be too expensive to bring in. Yes. His break-even is negative 39. Which is just stupid. I mean, I think... I don't know the exact maths on it, but I think if he scores one point in his next game, he still makes you like 40k or something like that. Yeah, so definitely bring him in. Um, he's playing Sydney, but um, the Saints defence is missing Carlisle, Brown... Obviously, we know about Robertson. Yeah. Um, and today, um, Geary was announced as being out as well. So, he's he's back there. He's taking in the set marks. He took a game-high 14 marks in this. And that was, you know, a game which also had Shannon Hearn and Jeremy McGovern at, mm. um, and Tom Barras as well on the other side who are, yep. uh, are very, very good, good markers themselves. Um, so, he outmarked all of them. Uh, admittedly, the ball was up there a fair bit. Yes. But that is going to happen with the Saints this year. They are playing a, a poorer brand of footy. So... He's the perfect player to bring in this week yep. for me, Logan yep. Austin. So, yeah, I think he's um, probably uh, one of the two rookies that you have to look at this yep. week. We'll talk about the other one next, actually. Uh, Ed Phillips making a lot of money still, so mm-hmm. I think you might have to actually hold him through his buy, to be honest. He's making too much money to ditch immediate, almost immediately. 
Yeah, he's what, 334k, averaging 73, break-even of 8. Um, so yeah, he's definitely got a lot of money to hang on to. So, he seems to be scoring pretty well too. So. I mean, it sucks having a, uh, a rookie on the bench during the buy who gets a zero. Uh, those are the guys you normally want out yeah. to make a bit of money. But he's he's just performing too consistently and making but enough chances money. Chances are you have other guys that you can move on in instead. Oh yeah, um, yeah, you definitely have a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I've, I've just given up on talking about Billings. Uh, I mean. He is just woeful at the moment. We, we talked about the... I think we are both getting rid of him this week. I think we Fingers are. Fingers crossed. I think we are. And, oh, it will feel so good when he's gone. I mean, we've talked about uh, uh, Ben Ainsworth earlier and uh, getting 50k from him. That's the trade I want to do. That is my biggest trade of the week, and I'm so happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, I'm looking at it. It feels weird. As well. Um, um, probably four Walters for me, I think. Yeah, see, I, I just can't... I almost can't bring myself to upgrade to anyone this week when I know that they're going to have a buy. Like I desperately need the points. I'm having a horrible year. <laughs> <laughs> Even for one week. Even, I'll take I'll take one week worth of points. I need I need something. Love it. Um so next game was uh, North and Brisbane. I mean North looked like they were jeez, oh, uh, they just look like a, a really solid team this year. Mm. Um a couple of standouts there fantasy wise. Lukey McDonald was really good with 133. Mm. Still wasn't doing well enough this year. He was only averaging 75 prior to this match from his uh, all 10 games played. Yeah, you think he's a draft guy and people will already own him, so Absolutely. well done if you've got him. Absolutely. Uh, Sean Higgins, much better score from him. He's been a bit down on last year's scoring. He was only averaging 89 this uh, prior to this round, but yep. still pretty decent. Uh, Jack Zeeble could see him get a good score. Yeah? Yes. Nice, yes, nice to see good. that. Uh, that's good. Yeah, um, how are you feeling with, with Zeeble scoring well? You okay? Oh, I'm You're fine. not angry? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Okay. I know that you're not a fan. That's hey, no, he's a solid player. I, I admire Jack Siebel, and he's a, a good captain as well. He's just not a fantasy player at all. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul Ahern is the big one, though. Paul Ahern. Yes. I mean, 92 on debut. I was a big fan of this guy prior to his draft. He was a very, very talented youngster. Went to GWS. He didn't get a, a game there because no. of his injuries. Yeah. Went over to North Melbourne, got another knee injury. which His was, second one was before he went across. Was it? So <clears> was that three? So, uh, I'm not sure. No, right. I think he's only had two. He had back-to-back um, knee reconstructions in the same year. Mm-hmm. And then the Giants traded him to North at the end of that year. North took him knowing that he was not going to play all of last that year. That was it, yes. They were like, look, we don't care. We'll bring him in. We'll give him the year to recoup. And we'll get him going in 2018. That was it. That's but exactly what's happened. He And a great debut. Well, it was fantastic. He does have a really good pedigree. And he was scoring some massive massive numbers in the VFL prior yeah, to this match. So this isn't just out of the blue. He was what, a pick number seven? Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah you don't go pick. number seven for no reason. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, and considering he's only 207k this week, I mean, he he's another must-have. He's a no-brainer. He's a no-brainer. And he because he's a forward, uh, like I said with uh, players like Waterman, Rioli, you can just immediately downgrade to them, make it 100 or 150k, something yep. along, along those lines. His break-even is negative 15. It's um, terrific. Yeah. Jump on board. Very happy with that. Uh, anyone else you want to reference from North Melbourne? Because as we all know, they, they don't bat particularly deep when it comes to uh, fantasy footy. Um, Trent Dumont was a really disappointing score from some people who have been keeping an eye on him and hoping that he's... he's are you talking about me? More consistent? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he got that... Talking it? about Kuba? <laughs> so he, he got that was it a ton or a 99 or something about a month ago and right. I said that was kept him safe for about a month in my keeper side <laughs> so I'm fully expecting this coming around he's going to crank out another good score just to tide him over until um, our waiver lockout is done and I can't get rid of him for the rest of the year I love everything about that um, the uh, the other big one uh, I suppose another big injury was uh, for North Melbourne Jed Anderson uh, yes have been playing really well went off in the first quarter didn't come back um, I mean that's just a Bad look, a hip knock. Hopefully he gets up this week. I haven't seen anything on the injury no, front from him either. On him. So uh, fingers crossed he can get back up. Uh, but, I mean, there's every chance with some of these players with the buys coming up now that teams will be reluctant to play them for one or two games and just give them an extended rest. Yeah. Um, Brisbane. Yes. Um, I mean, competitive effort in the end. They... Mm. They sort of tried to stick with it as much as they could. Uh, they, they couldn't get there in the end, but they really could have been dominated. I mean, this could have been 141 to, to 30 or something like that. I think we're saying this every week, but there's some really good signs for Brisbane. Hmm. 
Uh, Dane Beams was fantastic. Uh, Dane Zorko as well was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And Cam Rayner, I mean, this kid is going to be something really special. 108, didn't kick any goals. No, if he, that's a great sign. If he is available in a keeper league, he should not be available in your keeper league. But if he is, go out and get him because this guy is going to be something really, really great in a few years' time. Yeah, every now and again, he's just pulling something like this out. To show everyone what he's got. And in three years' time, four years' time, he's going to be doing it more consistently. I mean, you don't do this as a 19-year-old coming into the system without having something special. Yeah. Um, Steph Martin, you're pretty happy with that score, still 95. I think Toddy Goldstein and Steph Martin kind of cancelled each other out a bit. They're both very good. Both very, very good tap rockmen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Steph was probably a little bit better around the ground though as he tends to be absolutely um, Mitch Robinson bit of a down score from him which was unfortunate oh, he didn't get 90 no he didn't it was a <laughs> what's going on I know <laughs> um, I think he was reported for but he's he, nothing surprised me at all. <laughs> <laughs> that would not surprise me in the slightest getting reported is like breathing for Mitch Robinson I mean yeah. he can't not do it I'm pretty sure it's one of his KPIs yeah <laughs> The coach measures measures that up in the box <laughs> to reports today, Robert. Good job. Um, uh, but yeah, the really really disappointing thing for Brisbane was the injuries. I mean, McCluggage yeah. injured, Charlie Cameron injured, and he's got a big injury. I think McCluggage has got an Achilles as well. So actually. I did check this just before we came on air. We have yeah. Christensen, who I believe was concussed. Mm-hmm. He's going to go through the concussion tests. He may or may not play this week. Probably not. You wouldn't think they'd yeah. risk him. I mean, you need, um, just uh, uh, to yeah. interrupt you there, from a fantasy point of view, you were keeping him in your side as a mid-pricer to make a bit of money, and if you had kept him through his tough patch and he was performing very because well... he had had a good last few weeks. He was very, very... He was very had a very good month. Uh, that negative three is just going to completely set his price plummet and get rid of him this week. Move it doesn't, on. doesn't matter if he's playing this week or not. Get rid of him. Yeah, move on. Charlie Cameron. Um... Ankle, I believe. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, so they're concerned it may be a, a list frank, I think, which is uh, six to eight uh, weeks, but uh, they're not a hundred percent sure. So he's going to have an extended break. Yeah. Um, probably, maybe draft relevant, but possibly not even that. Um, but he's a big loss to him from a footy perspective. Mm-hmm. McCluggage is a calf. He may play this week. It may not be that serious. Hope, well, yeah, I, I heard Achilles bandied around somewhere, but okay. think my fingers are crossed, yeah. yeah. Um, again, probably only a draft-relevant guy. He had had a pretty good year, a lot of high 70s and 80s, but um, mm-hmm. so watch that space. And then the other one is Berry was a late out with a hamstring. Again, he may play, and again, more of a draft-related guy. So, nice. um, yeah, watch those guys, but... I mean, with them being draft guys, they're sort of the, the sort of guys you'd waver anyway. So yeah, good just job. drop them if you have to. Um, we might move on to the next game, which was Collingwood-Fremantle. I mean, this was a bit of a, a shellacking in the end as well because Free, Fremantle did really score well in the last uh, second half of the last quarter, actually. Yeah, once um, Pies were like, we've won this game. and they, like, right. I'm pretty sure Freo couldn't have scored more if the Pies weren't on the, the field for that last 10 minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, I'm pretty sure what Collingwood decided to do was, we've won this game, we're just going to get some fantasy points now because that's what they bloody well did. I mean, they had 10 players score over 97. They had, uh, what is that, <laughs> four players score over 130. They're just ridiculous for fantasy. Braden Maynard. <laughs> Braden, he was everywhere. He was... Particularly in that last quarter. He was incredible. Um, I'll talk about a couple of the other players in a, in a second. But um, I was actually looking at him, um, some stats for him. He is owned by only 56% of teams in Ultimate Footy. There is a reason for that. Yes, there is. He's he has trap. Well, he's had the... The issue is he's had that injury. So That's been the issue this year. Yes, that's been the issue this year. But he's still a young player. He's still young. So in keepers, I have owned him three times. <laughs> And this is what he does. He comes in, he scores well for... Like, you, you think you're worth to it because you're like, no, I'm not going to bring him in off one good score. I'll, I'll let him sort of have a consistent little period. So you give him two, three weeks. He scores well for two, three weeks. You bring him in. He scores well again for you. And you're like, awesome. He's finally reached that potential. <laughs> and then he falls away for probably a week or two. And you're like, that's okay. I'll give him a couple of weeks. And then before you know it, a month and a half is gone, and he's useless, and he's mm-hmm. not delivering you anything, and he's losing you games. He does it every year. Yeah, there right. is so much potential there, but from a fantasy perspective, but it's just not clicking. Yeah, <laughs> it really frustrates me. You should, you should see how red Matt has gotten, and he was using 
like hand motions <laughs> over the microphone. So if you heard that sound, that was Matt Lane. That sound can there, I could hear it very well. That's me attempting to show how things aren't clicking. You could stop doing it now. It's, I have headphones on. I can't hear you. Um, um, but Maynard, I really like him from a face, uh, from a, um, a fantasy footy perspective. There's a lot of potential, but it just doesn't seem to come together yeah. often enough. For, for draft leagues, he is a real tease. Um, the, someone who's not a tease is Tom Phillips. That guy, no, he's not. We, this was another game we got to see in person. Uh, you being a Fremantle fan and all, it wasn't great in the end. I'm getting very close to changing teams. But, I'm over this. It's oh, so bad. <laughs> but Tom Phillips was everywhere in this game. Hmm. He was absolutely amazing. Three goals just to cap it off out of nowhere. I mean, 10 marks. He didn't need a tackle to get to 140. <laughs> That's that is ridiculous. 143 and got zero tackles. Ten marks though, and 36 disposals, um, and a pretty decent split from our perspective on kicks and handballs. They've got too many players to take care of. Is the thing. So if you if a team goes right, we're going to target Tom Phillips because he's in ripping form at the moment. They're basically just leaving Adam Trelaw, Pendlebury, Taylor Adams, Crisp, who are also all in terrific form, to run free. That was the sort of thing though. Like you pointed out to me that. They actually did have someone that was kind of, not a hard tag, but mm. a bit of a soft tag on Phillips. Yeah. They had Langdon playing on him. Yeah, it was a little bit of a... Probably because Langdon's one of the few guys that can actually match him in the running stakes. Mm. But, um, yeah, it, w- it was like every single time the ball got in close and it was contested, um, the Pies would eventually just flick a handball out and then kick it wide to one of the wings, and it was always Phillips was sitting out there. Always Phillips. It, uh, so he's incredible. I mean, he's averaging over 100 this year, um, a little bit more now, after 143, I think, and it was uh, really what's keeping him down is that concussion-affected score of 45 um, yeah. midway through the year. So, I mean, he's having a ripping game, and he's going to be a fantasy footy player from salary cap uh, to watch in the coming years. But Would you look at him in salary cap this no, year? No, no, not this year. I think he's he's done really well and he's had some massive games. I mean, we looked at his stats, and I think in the last five rounds, mm-hmm. um, if you uh, take out that, um, uh, or the last six, if you take out that uh, concussion-affected game, yep. he's gone over 120 points in absolutely every game. Yeah. So those are some massive scores. I don't think he'll keep scoring like that for the entirety no, of the year. I agree. He's 691K in salary cap, um, break-even of 73 so he's probably too expensive to really look at, to be honest. 691 for a midfielder. I mean, really, your premium midfielders are like 700. If you're bringing him in, you're bringing him in as someone you think will keep averaging this for the rest you're, of the year. You're thinking he's a top eight midfielder. He's not a mid-pricer at the moment. So uh, there's no no use thinking like that. I'm not convinced he's a top eight yet. Agreed. Um, we'll move on. Quick fire. Steel we side. spent a lot of time on Tom Phillips. <laughs> yeah, Steel side. Oh, God. Steel side bottom was terrific. Brody Grundy was a really good captaincy option, as yep. was from uh, uh, in the ruck line, uh, Maxi Gorn this week. Yes, um, yes. I think we went um, Gorn and Grundy. Yeah, we did. So you made 10 more points than me for 141 to 130. Oh, we both Grundy. Absolutely, we did. Uh, Jack Crisp, 114. He's proving to be a very good defender, and he's really come back, which pisses me off to no end after I started the year <laughs> with him and got rid of him because he was awful. Uh, I did tell you he does it every year. I hate him, and I hate him with a passion. No, I don't really. I, I've, uh, I, I'm a fan of Chris. It's just he yep. couldn't have picked a worse time. Uh, Adam Trelaw was brilliant in this game. Scotty Pendlebury was great as always. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Thomas, Taylor Adams all cracked the ton. Same person. Um, and 201 points to Taylor Adams. Oh. Are they really? We did, the we, did get, we did get confused a lot of the game. It's not 201 points to Taylor Adams, that's for damn sure. Um, Sharon Berg was good, as was Will Hoskin Elliott. Uh, yeah, I mean, realistically, the only downside for them was Jaden Stevenson. 41 points from him only. Mm. My money says that he'll be getting a rest sometime before the buy, so keep an eye on that because... A lot of players will be out there will be just hoping that he keeps playing until his buy. You can get rid of him then. He might lose a little bit more money, but at least he's playing. Yep. Just keep an eye on the team sheets. Yes. They, I mean, I'm not sure how much we can really read into this because Freo were that bad they for were. three quarters of the game. Um, like that bad. The, they Collingwood were, owned the ball. They were abysmal. Yeah. But, um, but uh, for, on the Freo side yeah. of things, there were a couple of decent scores. I mean, Lockie Neal, 117, with that woeful handball-to-kick ratio still. Because yeah. um, he got a couple of goals in there, which always helps. Two yes. goals for him. Uh, Michael Walters, I mean, you're bringing him in this week, and there's a reason for that. He's been brilliant. When he plays midfield, he you can almost lock him in for 100, which yeah. probably means that he's not going to get it this week when I bring him in. So you, you put the mozzer on him, and I like it. <laughs> but he, he has had a good year when he's on the, the park. Yeah, Tommy Sheridan... 
interesting, scored 100. Uh, I don't know what to make of that, and I will, move on. I will move on immediately. <laughs> um, Connor Blakely, look, 90 points probably isn't enough from him. I mean, the, no. the downside is this was one of the better games from him. So this isn't his basement, like we were talking about with some players like, uh, you know, Sicily. Yeah. Like he's scoring about 90 now and he's not performing as well as he could. This seems to be like Connor Blakely will pump out 121 week uh, or uh, once a month and then the other three games will be about 60 to 80 or somewhere. Like it's just yeah. not enough. Um, and yeah, I mean, that five was really down and he might be missing a week. He has been suspended for one um, apparently, Freo are going to contest it, but we're not yep. sure what the outcome will be. Hopefully, get it down to careless, I believe, from them uh, instead of uh, reckless. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he was charged with. So, if you can get that down, it'll just be a fine. Mm-hmm. But keep an eye on that because yeah, it's interesting to watch. Not what you need during the buy No, it's absolutely not what you need. Come on, Fifey. We need more than that. Um, Ed um, Langdon, down score from him after we pumped him up uh, over the past two weeks. But as we said, he did seem to have a soft tag on. Phillips, so he wasn't really finding his own ball. And to be honest, Freer didn't have enough of the ball to really um, share it around that sort of yeah. uncontested style that he likes up and down the wings. Yeah, Bailey Banfield, just very quickly, because he is still owned by 31% of teams. Yep. Um, break him in a 46, so you can probably hold him for another couple of weeks. He's again sort of reset it. <laughs> Every time he gets close to uh, being at that stage to move on, he has a good score, 85 in this game. So I get Good for a little bit longer. Um, Giroux uh, had a debut. Um, got an, an all right score. I mean, 54. Um, he's made a, made a teeny bit of money, but he's not one of the must-have uh, rookies this week like Austin and like uh, Ahern are. Oh, no. So uh, you can give him another couple of weeks, maybe till after his buy. See if he uh, has has a good game in there somewhere and bring him in after that. Yep. Um, Jones, don't even look at. Nope. Um, and Atmos, 81. First game for year and a half interesting I think we've got a question about him so I might uh, oh, okay. yeah so I might just uh, reference that a little bit later cool um, move yeah on. move on to the next game which is almost um, oh excuse me <laughs> cough right into the microphone uh, almost game of the round there um, Adelaide versus GWS GWS really came back I mean to win over in Adelaide that's a great effort mm. um, yeah the downside, though, was Stephen Canelio did have an injury there. Yeah, concussion in the third quarter, I think. Yeah. Do- 116 three quarters isn't too shabby. Well, that's the thing. Um, so he got concussion somewhere in the third quarter, and then it was a delayed concussion. So he played yeah. on with it a little bit. Um, I mean, yeah, great score from him. Hopefully he gets up next week. And good to see Lockie Whitfield scoring a bit more consistently as yeah. well. That's a really good score from him, 106. Yep, Josh Kelly continuing to build in his return. Yeah, you'll see that. It'll slowly get get there every single week. And uh, Giles Langdon, Ooh. Zachy, good yeah. score from him, 90. I mean, downside is, I mean, he's a small forward. He was on 70 at halftime, and, you know, there was no way he was getting to 140. I sort of looked. No, no. It's always funny when coaches see, like, some a massive halftime score and think they're just going to double that in the second half. It's not how footy works most of the time. Particularly not for small forwards. But 90 is a great score. He's reset his break-even. You can Mm. keep him until he's by, and you're still happy with that if you own him. Yeah, so his break-even is 18. Um, Plays Gold Coast this week. Mm -hmm. So you think he should be able to get a decent score in there as well. Toronto still not making those big scores now that Kelly's in. So I think we can safely say that that experiment is over and you need to move him on as quickly as possible. Agreed. Um, and apart from that, there's really no one else I want to talk about from GWS. They, they don't have as many fantasy-friendly guys at the moment. Um, uh, over on Adelaide's side of things, it's good to see mm-hmm. Bryce Gibbs back with a massive score. Now, he is cheap at the moment. He is, yes. I think, um, I think he's... find a score for you. There's a chance that he might be under 700k, like well under 700k. So 142 this week is massive. Uh, I mean, fingers crossed he can keep something like this up. And if you buy him... Uh, after his buy, you're buying him very underpriced. 683,000. Break even is 85, and he plays Frio in Adelaide. Oh, God. Oh, that is just points galore. So lock him in 120 plus. They play Frio in Adelaide oh, this week. So Frio are over in Adelaide. I was about to say that. Sorry, no, it's, it's Frio at Optus. I was going to say that. That's a little bit strange given West Coast has the buy this week. Regardless, they're going to make 20 points. Doesn't make it. It's so it's a great player to bring in this week. Matty Crouch, good to see him get a good score there. And Rory Laird is probably the most consistent player in the comp, so we just move on from him. Yes. Uh, Hugh Greenwood's, I mean, we say it every week, he's very good draft player. I, I, yeah, I, 
Yeah, I don't think there's much more we can really say no. about him, to be honest. He's not salary cap at this stage, and he's already taken in any drafts. Yeah, but the other one I do want to reference is uh, Tommy Dode, uh, 58. It's not quite enough to reach his break-even, but you just got to keep him until he's by, because he still has the ability to pump up some pretty decent scores for a defender, and at least he's on the park getting you some points. Yeah, look, his break-even is 67. That's very achievable against Frio. And so. you might lose 10 off like 10 to 30k or something like that from him, but he's a guy on the park and you need that over the buy rounds, particularly if, uh, and this is very important, keep an eye on whether your leagues in salary cap um, and also in the draft leagues. Yeah, because it is an option. Yeah, whether they play play head-to-heads during the buy rounds. Some don't. So, Mm -hmm. And and if you do, you really need to to take a little bit of care to make sure that you've got players on the park. Um, Uh, Tommy Lynch, injury for him, really unfortunate. Yeah, abdominal. That, yeah, abdominal side strength. Sort He's of thing. already been ruled out this week. That's really unfortunate. Um, you drive, know, they're on their fourth captain of the year. Yeah, I saw that. That's really, that's, that's <laughs> such bad luck. There's that only is, one guy from their um, leadership, leadership group, group that's playing, and it's Matty Crouch. Oh, so, and he could be touch a, wood, he actually gets through the game. So they're going to have to promote someone from outside the leadership group <laughs> if he gets injured. Yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> Um, is Eddie Betts, uh, he stepped down from the leadership group, didn't he, I he think, last year. So there's every chance he'd be the next one in, in line. Or Gibbs. Or Gibbs, yeah, that's that's another option. Um, well, yes, I think that's all I want to uh, bring up from Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we might split the podcast in two here. We're going to come back in the next section with your questions and also, I mean, of course, our favourite game, Risk It for the Biscuit. Mm-hmm. So tune in to part two soon.